Hi there, this is Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. We would invite you to join us in person Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 o'clock in downtown Tulsa, or check out our webpage at tulsafbc.org. God bless you, and have a great week. So let me begin uh, with a story by Jack London, and I'm beginning with this story for a couple of reasons, but you might remember from your high school or your college days reading Call of the Wild or White Fang, that's, that's Jack London. In fact, I remember Call of the Wild being the first book that I ever read that I couldn't put it down. I'd never had that experience with reading that it was so good, it just kind of drew me in. And so here's what Jack London writes about when he was a teenager, okay? So imagine your 17-year-old as you listen to this story. Possibly the proudest achievement of my life. My moment of highest living occurred when I was 17. I was in a three-masted schooner off the coast of Japan in a typhoon. Did I mention he was 17 years old? All hands had been on deck most of the night, and I was called from my bunk at 7 in the morning to take the wheel. Schooner was almost unmanageable, rolling her rail under the starboard into port, veering and yawning. Is anybody getting seasick yet? As it moved from southeast to southwest, threatening, and when the huge seas lifted under her quarter to broach two, that means a boat becomes unmanageable to broach two. It loses directional control. Had she broached two, she would have ultimately have been reported lost with all hands and no tidings. And I took the wheel. The sailing master watched me for a space. He was afraid of my youth, feared that I lacked the strength and the nerve. But when he saw me successfully wrestle that schooner through several bouts, he went below to breakfast. Fore and aft, all hands were below at breakfast. And had the vessel broached too, not one of them would have ever reached the deck. For 40 minutes, I stood there alone at the wheel And in my grasp, the wildly careening schooner and the lives of 22 men. Once she pooped. Now, just to understand that language, it means that a huge wave covers the entire ship, but I also have never said pooped on Sunday morning. (laughs) Once she was pooped, I saw it coming and half-drowned the tons of water crushing me. I checked the schooner's rush to broach two. At the end of the hour... Sweating. It's like God just gave us the illustration right there, didn't he? At the end of the hour, sweating and played out, I was relieved. But I had done it. With my own hands, I had done my trick at the wheel, and I had guided a hundred tons of wood and iron through a few million tons of wind and wave. I love that story because it reminds us that it's the very things that scare us to death that make us feel most alive. That often when we are at our edge, that's when we find our center. That we discover those moments of real living is not when we felt safe, but when we realized how strong we actually could be if the need was there. I love that story that what takes us to the edge often helps us to see what's at the core of who we are. I've also used that story because I want to set a bit of a nautical theme for today. Here's why. We've been working our way through Hebrews, 
And by the way, I've had easier teaching assignments than teaching through Hebrews. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are pretty good. Then you get into 4, it's harder. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, it's just getting more and more difficult and, and harder to understand and even harder to teach. Now, once we get to Hebrews 10, where we are now, the clouds begin to clear, and it's, if you'll excuse this, smooth sailing from there on out. So we're just past the really choppy parts of Hebrews, but now I want to go back in because there's one verse we missed in Hebrews 6 that is my favorite in the entire book and I think it's something we really need to hear. And here it is. You can turn to Hebrews 6.19 if you want to or you can just listen to it. It says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. For me, that's my favorite verse in this whole book. And I want to spend a few minutes on it this morning. So would you just hear it again? And I know what you're thinking. He's handling only one verse. Maybe it will be a short sermon. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Okay. And we have this hope as the anchor for the soul firm and secure. So we need to start by doing a little legwork first. I want us to get to the application, which I think is really a lot of fun. But first, we have to do a little legwork and understand what this verse is talking about. And the first order of business is to define hope. What is hope? It's a word we all know. In fact, we've already sung it this morning. We'll probably sing it again here in just a few minutes. Hope is, simple definition, it's a fixed confidence in uncertain times. The things are uncertain all around us, but there's something out there that we fix our confidence to. Usually it's in the future. So hope is a fixed confidence in an uncertain time. And by the way, the world does not offer hope. You know what the world offers? Hype. That's what the world offers. The world says, are you having trouble dealing with life? Well, go buy something new and you'll feel better. Go buy a new car. The only trouble is that's going to add to your trouble. That car is going to break down one day. I don't care what kind of warranty you have. Or we're scared about our culture, so the world says, well, vote a certain way and you'll get your way. Well, how has that worked out for you so far? Or you say, you know what? If I just wasn't stuck with the person I'm stuck with, if I could just find somebody, they're losers. This person out here, they really understand me. And can I tell you, a lot of the stuff that brings us comfort in life is just hype. It promises a lot, but it really doesn't ever deliver. What we don't need is hype. What we need is hope. So now the second order of business, now that we've defined what hope is, it's a fixed confidence and uncertainty, what is this hope that's talked about here as being the anchor, there's that confidence, that fixed confidence, what is this hope that is to be the anchor of our soul? And here's where you read about around Hebrews 6. Again, this is not the easiest passage to deal with, but this hope that is our firm, secure anchor is basically two things. Here's the first one, that God is truthful. God's going to be truthful with you. In fact, He is the most truthful person in the entire universe. He will tell you the truth about who He is. He will tell you the truth about who you are. He'll tell you the truth about your biggest virtues. He will tell you the truth about your biggest problems. 
If you don't want the truth, then ignore God because He will be absolutely truthful with you. In fact, when He sent Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ reveals to us everything that is knowable about God, who God is and humanity, who humanity should be. He is truthful with us. But not only is God truthful, here's the second part of that fixed confidence of hope. He is trustworthy. Truthful is what He says. Trustworthy is who He is. And this is exactly this verse, that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm in what God says and secure in who He is. And so John Cavanaugh was a pastor at one point, and he just got completely depleted. And trying to help other people, his life had become a mess. And so he decided to move to India and work with Mother Teresa. This is way back in the 1990s. And Mother Teresa knew he was coming, and he came for a very specific purpose because he didn't understand what was happening in his life. And he talks about the first time he met Mother Teresa, little five-foot-nothing Catholic nun. She comes walking up, the iconic white sari with the blue trim. And after meeting him at Mass early one morning, she goes, and what do you want? <laughs> you come up to me today after the service, that's exactly how the conversation is going to start. What do you want? So, Mother Teresa, I need you to pray for me. Pray that I will understand. And she, in a very Christ-like fashion, said, no. I will not pray that you understand. She goes, well, why not? You, Mother Teresa, you seem to understand everything about life. She goes, I don't understand anything. I'm not going to pray that you would understand. I'm going to pray that you trust. So, I want you to think about that for just a minute. Because when, when most of us, when uncertainty hits, we go, oh, I want to understand. You know, if God wanted you to know, He'd probably tell you. What most of us need is not more understanding. What most of us need, let me not even qualify, what all of us need is just more trust. Okay. And by the way, God is truthful, and He is trustworthy. And we're going to experiment with that this morning because it is that hope that is to be the anchor for our soul, firm and secure that is our fixed confidence in uncertain times. So, thinking of the nautical theme here, I called a friend of mine. He's actually in the first service. His name is Mike, and he's a sailor. He has sailed all around the world. I am from West Texas. The only water we have there we drink, right? And I'm a land lover. I know nothing about sailing. I know nothing about anchors. So, I call Mike, and it, it kind of was a a, a weird moment because I'm talking to him about sailing and I'm pulling up in front of my stamp store and I say, I, I feel like a wimp. <laughs> We're going to talk about sailing and I'm, I'm buying stamps for a living. So, so he walked me through and I just asked him, evidently that was funnier to me than it was to you. I just see the, the contrast there. Are you too hot to laugh right now? Is that it? Okay. I got one person said they're good. So I asked him, would you tell me in 20 minutes everything you know about anchors? And by the end of that conversation, he had pretty much outlined the whole message for me. Here we go. So let's imagine we're on a boat this morning. Are you just waiting for that cool wave to come over and just splash on top of you? Wouldn't that feel good right now? And he walked me through a whole lot more than what I can use today, but, but he said, here's some ways that you'd, you would use an anchor. First of all, if you want to rest, you need an anchor. If you're out in the middle of the lake or in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night and you want to spend the night on the boat, 
You don't want to just drift around aimlessly. If you want to rest, drop the anchor. And being held in place, being held firm and secure, you can go to sleep knowing that everything is going to be in the same place where you wake up, when you wake up. So, some of you in here today, you would say, oh, I'm not really depressed. But you would say, I'm depleted. Doesn't life just kind of suck it out of us? Let me ask that again. Doesn't life just kind of suck it out of us sometimes? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, Dave Hagler is a writer. He's a Christian writer. And he also um, is an umpire for a, an adult amateur baseball league in Boulder, Colorado. And so before the season began, it's the winter before, he's driving through Boulder. He's probably driving a little too fast through the ice and the snow. Police officer pulls him over. And the officer starts making out the ticket, and Dave Hagler goes, hey, listen, listen, I'm normally a safe driver. I'm just in a hurry. Sorry. Would, would you please not write me a ticket? And the officer was very matter-of-fact. He said, you need to take this up with the officers of the court. So he wrote him a ticket. There you go. That was winter. Now comes springtime. Very first game of the season. Dave Hagler's behind home plate. He's the umpire. Guess who the first batter of the season is? It's that police officer. He comes walking up. Dave Hagler recognizes him immediately. The police officer doesn't, kind of does a t double take from behind the home plate, and then he goes, hmm. And so he's kind of kicking the bat on his feet, and he said, so uh, how'd that ticket turn out? And Dave Hagler looked at him and said, very matter-of-fact, buddy, you better swing at everything. <laughs> That's life. Life throws everything at us. Fastballs, curves, sliders, wild pitches. Every now and then we'll get hit. And it's not fair. The calls are not fair. But you know what? And sometimes we just get worn down. But here is the deal. If you're tired today, you can rest. Drop the anchor. We have a hope, firm and secure. God is trustworthy. He is truthful. So listen to this. This is the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, take my teaching, my way of life upon you, learn from me. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We have this hope that's an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. Amen? Okay, so another reason you'd use an anchor, according to my friend Mike, is sometimes you run aground. Um, he shared with me a story. I'm sure it, it took a lot for him to kind of confess this. He said, once I got distracted on an inlet and I ran my boat aground. I sent out a, a call. I needed help before further damage was done to the boat. Another boater came over. Look, I'm giving you a high, really high-tech uh, graphic here. You ready? So his boat's on the sandbar, another boat comes over, and he said, I handed him my front anchor. Now, the front anchor is different than the back anchor. He said, I handed him my front anchor. He took it out about 100 yards and dropped that anchor. And then I practiced what's called kedging. I started reeling in that anchor, but instead of the anchor coming in, my boat would go out toward the anchor into deeper water. Then that boater took, took it out, dropped it again, and he kedged away from these places. Listen. There's a lot of things that when we're not paying attention will run us aground. Let me mention just a couple of them. 
loneliness. Bigger than the coronavirus, loneliness is the epidemic of our culture. And one writer I read this week described it like this. She said, loneliness was sitting on my chest like the dental x-ray apron. That response tells me you felt that before. That's loneliness. And we need somebody in our lives who we know loves us. Not only that, um, many people are depleted in life, but you may be sitting here this morning and you are depressed. Listen, don't ever let another person tell you, well, if you're depressed, you just need to snap out of it. If, if they say that, it's, it's not out of evil intent, just they've never been where you are before. And Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he says this, he says, depression, usually depression results when we're talking to ourselves, excuse me, depression results when we're listening to ourselves rather than talking to ourselves. We're listening to ourselves. We're saying all those negative things in our mind that bring us down. What we need to start doing is stop listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves and talking to ourselves with God's truth. Here's one, Romans 8. I'm convinced that nothing, not angels, nor demons, nor the past, the present, the future, nor anything else in all of creation, heights, depths, lengths, breadth, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is the hope of our souls, which is an anchor, firm and secure. Amen. Amen. That's it. You might need to catch toward that a little bit, but keep moving toward that. Okay. Now, there's one more I want to mention. So, you've got the, uh, the anchor when you want to rest. You've got the anchor when you've, you've kind of been run aground and you need to move back toward Christ. Here's one that is extra biblical, okay? This is an application that the writer in Hebrews couldn't have been thinking about because this kind of anchor hadn't been invented yet, but it's just so good. Let's use your imagination. Another kind of anchor that my friend Mike told me about was called a sea anchor. And my best visual of this, and you can look at pictures online, but you remember when the space shuttle used to come in and it would let go of that parachute behind it and it would slow it down? Sea anchor is essentially the same thing. You're in a water too deep to drop a conventional anchor, so you take this water parachute and you throw it out behind the boat and it inflates, it expands, and it'll do two things. It'll slow the boat, because oftentimes in a storm, what causes the most damage is not the wind, but the waves. So it slows things down and it turns the boat into the storm. You turn and you face the storm. So what are you running from today? Maybe you need to drop that sea anchor, slow down, and instead of running, turn toward it. You probably don't know the name Esther Ann Kim. Esther Ann Kim was a Christian during World War II, Korean Christian. Japan invaded. They set up a system of shrines around Korea that if you didn't bow down and kneel, you would be arrested. Esther Ann Kim was a Christian. She could not, nor would she. She started preparing herself to go to prison. She knew she would be a political prisoner. So she did a couple of things. She started eating rotten food. She said, I'm gonna have to learn how to do this in prison. So she started to learn how to eat rotten food. Second, she said, I'm gonna have to feed myself. She memorized 
as much scripture as she could, and she put in her heart and mind 100 hymns so she could always be singing, right? But here's the last thing that she had to do. She had to give up her fear of being tortured. She knew that would happen. So instead of pretending like that would never happen, she slowed down and she turned into that storm. And she finally came to peace with it by just understanding this. I can no longer be afraid of torture because I have already died. And my life is now hidden with God in Christ. She slowed down and she turned toward the storm. So some of you may need to drop a sea anchor today. And would you take this one verse, and I don't know why, but last couple of weeks, if you've received a note from me, I've generally written this little verse at the bottom, Isaiah 41.10. It says this. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my strong, righteous hand. This is our hope, which is the anchor of the soul, firm and secure. Amen? Amen. Okay. One more story. Robert Louis Stevenson tells a very similar story than Jack London, but instead of being on boat steering the schooner, Robert Louis Stevenson was below deck as a passenger. Now, not on the same boat. That would be cool, though. They didn't live at the same time. So he's below deck as a passenger, storm at sea, the boat's being tossed here and there. All the passengers are down below, scared. Robert Louis Stevenson said, I can't stand this anymore. I have to know what's going on. So he made his way to the hatch. He popped open the hatch. There he saw the pilot of the vessel. He had lashed himself to the wheel so that he wouldn't be washed overboard, and he was steering through the storm just as a huge wave came and crashed over deck. But right after that wave hit, Robert Louis Stevenson caught eye with the pilot just for a moment, and he saw this look of confidence. And he went down below deck, and he reported to the other passengers, I have seen the face of the pilot. All is well. Today, I don't care what else happens in here, you lock eyes with Jesus. You look at him face to face and drop an anchor in who he is and what he has said. And you'll be able to rest. You'll be able to get unstuck. And you'll be able to face whatever you need to. We have this hope, which is the anchor of our soul, firm and secure in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand together and let's pray. And I want you to just pay attention to the song we're about to sing. We have already sung it today, but maybe it will have new meaning as we sing of hope. So, Jesus, I, I have no idea what everyone in here faces. I barely understand what I'm facing in life, but it's not about understanding. It's about trusting. So help us to have a fixed confidence, to have hope and not hype to trust you when we need to rest, to trust you when we are stuck, and to trust you when we need to slow down and to face head on whatever is happening. 
Thank you that Hebrews 6.19, while it's such a small line, has such great impact and a promise that we have this hope that's the anchor of our soul, firm and secure. God, thank you that you are truthful and trustworthy, and that's what we hold on to in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this together. Thanks so much for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of each worship service on Sunday morning, I offer a simple blessing, and I offer that blessing to you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, and may God grant you peace both now and forever. Amen.